Last week, the three wise men, the statues were over here in front of the Christmas tree, and now they have made their way here to the manger scene. And so uh, it's curious that we have three. We actually don't know how many wise men there were. We just know that they had three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So we have one gift for each of the wise men. And the wise men, when they arrived in Jerusalem before going to Bethlehem, you can imagine that it caused quite a stir. Here are these men from the east, so maybe Persians, we're not sure exactly. And so they looked differently, they had a different language, and they were looking for the newborn king of the Jews. This surprised everyone. They're, they probably had different garb, and they spoke a different language, and this wasn't a festival to which people would come. They just showed up in a surprise. And so when they went to Herod, they must have been worthy of being taken seriously because Herod gave them an audience. And uh, then Herod heard what they were looking for, the newborn king, and he called all of his scribes and all of the leaders of the people to come and say, let's figure out where this guy is coming. Where is he going to be born, the newborn king? And they say in Bethlehem. And so uh, they go to Bethlehem. When they get to Bethlehem, the star leads them there to the house where Jesus is, and uh, they bow before the Lord Jesus. They worship him, and then they go by, back by a different way. These three wise men coming from the east fulfill this uh, psalm response, Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. That's the desire of the heart of God, that all come to adore him, worship him, and have life in his name. And we see that this very thing that started with the wise men and was the desire from all of the Old Testament is actually fulfilled in Jesus. So when Jesus begins his public ministry, he first goes to the Jews, and this is what happens. They begin to worship him. You may recall John chapter 6 when Jesus talks about him being the bread of life. Uh, Peter says to him, Lord, to whom else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You alone have the words of eternal life. So the Jews, like Peter, many of them following Jesus. But in the Gospel of Mark, we also have Jesus going to the Decapolis, the region where there were pigs, and the Jews didn't have any pigs. So it's definitely the Gentiles, non-Jews. And he finds a man there who's been uh, breaking all his shackles. He's possessed by demons. Jesus asks his name. He says it is legion. Jesus casts out the demons into the swine. And they go down and they run into the water and they're all drowned. Do you remember how many there were? Anyone? 3,000, right? There's 3,000 pigs that ran and got drowned in the water there in the lake, the Sea of Galilee. And so then that man is freed and he is sent by Jesus. Jesus says, go and tell the people what Kurios has done for you. Kurios, the Greek of Lord. Go tell them what the Lord has done for you. He senses this man, Legion, who is possessed by demons, to go and to be an apostle to the people, to the Gentiles. So this is our, happens in Jesus' time. And then with Pentecost, it breaks wide open. So there is people from all these different nations. And when the apostles receive the Holy Spirit, they, everyone hears them in their own language. And so all of the nations are hearing the good news of the gospel, that God has come to dwell among us and to save us. This is the thrust of the early church. So the church, guided by the Holy Spirit, goes to the center of the Roman Empire, to Rome, and from there it goes, spreads out. The church 
Early church saw that the, the, the Roman Empire would be a vehicle for spreading the good news throughout the world, the known world. And so they go to the far reaches of the Roman Empire, to Spain and all over, and they even go beyond that. St. Thomas going to India, for example. So this is the heart of God that is expressed and lived out in Jesus and in their early church. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. And the gospel has been proclaimed to every corner of the world, to every nation. In our parish church this year, we're celebrating the universality of the church. So our theme this year is many cultures, one faith. Because there are people who have come here from uh, cultures across the world. So in the late 1800s, uh, 1860 and 70, uh, people from Poland and Czechoslovakia, they came here and they, they were the beginnings of the church in 1873. A little later, there were some Germans who came, Italians coming in the 1890s and forming their own church, St. Anthony's. A little bit later, there was people from Mexico coming and uh, as they gathered and had enough people, they decided to form their own church, Santa Teresa. And we've had numerous immigrants come uh, throughout the years from Vietnam, from Cuba. There's, there was an African-American parish for a while called Immaculate Conception. Many cultures, one faith. It, the, our parish represents this reality that every nation on earth will adore the Lord. I invite you to consider what is your story. When did your family Uh, the people of a nation, when did your family receive the Christian faith in its fullness in the Catholic Church, in the Catholic faith? I'd like to share with you a little bit about my story, the parts that I know. So my mom's family is from uh, German-speaking Austria-Switzerland area, coming over in 1880s. My mom's uh, grandfather, yes, grandfather was a Um, a Lutheran minister who was riding around the hill country around Fredericksburg as a missionary. My dad's family came over also around 1880 with my uh, great-grandfather. He uh, was a stowaway on a ship, left in the middle of the night without telling his parents at the age of 17. And he had family in Iowa, but he knew this girl from school who uh, her family had gone to Hallettsville. So he chased the love of his life, and they in Hallettsville got married and had 10 kids, my grandmother being the youngest of those. Then my dad was born there in Hallettsville. They moved over uh, in 1959 to Fredericksburg. My parents met. My mom received instruction from Father Alois Gitter in Harper, Texas, and that's where I was baptized. And I was raised, along with my brothers and sisters, in the Catholic faith. So our family received the gift of faith. But it's something that I had to own for myself as well. So when I was in college here at A&M, I was living in Law Hall. It was a very rough dorm, non-air, the cheapest on campus. And guys liked to live there because then they had extra money for beer and such. Um, So uh, it was a rough place. It was immoral in other ways as well. And I saw two very distinct paths. The guys, uh, some of the guys in the dorm living a particular way, and as I started to go to St. Mary's, another way to live, and I had to make a choice. And so I did. I stopped hanging out so much at the dorm and more at St. Mary's, made a good confession, started going to daily mass more often, and uh, really experienced the joy of following Jesus. I also learned uh, about apologetics and the, the reasons why we believe what we believe through a convert named Scott Hahn. You may have heard of him. So that was my journey of faith in the beginnings of choosing to follow the Lord Jesus. 
and I am not perfect, but that is who I follow, Jesus. So this reality, the heart of God for me individually as well, that every nation on earth, every person would adore the Lord. This is God's desire, that we come to have life through his son, Jesus. The wise men are a great example to all of us. So the wise men coming with their treasures, leaving the comfort of home, and going to find the Lord. And so they went to Jerusalem. And uh, once they learned where they, uh, the newborn king was, they went to Bethlehem. And it says that they, uh, when they saw him, they prostrated themselves and worshipped. Then they left their gifts there, their treasures, and they departed by another way. That's very important because God invites each of us to do the same. When we encounter the Lord Jesus to worship him, that says, it, the word there is proskuneo in Greek. It's used one other time in the Gospel of Matthew. It's after the baptism of Jesus when the devil is tempting him, the third temptation. He shows him all of the nations of the world that Satan does to Jesus, and he says, if you worship me, proskuneo me, then I will give you all of, the, all of these nations. And Jesus responds with scripture, uh, you shall worship the Lord your God alone. So they worship Jesus. They're not just bowing to the newborn king. They're worshiping as the God-man. And this is what we are called to do. And then to leave our treasures, the gifts that God has given us, leave our treasures with Jesus and be changed, go back by a different route. So they gave us a great example. And that means that you, every nation, every person in every nation is invited to come and to worship and to leave our treasures and to live life in a changed way. Now, some people have never in the Catholic faith been invited to do that. So I'm going to do something today. I'm going to invite you to say a prayer with me to ask the Lord Jesus to, to be so that you can ask the Lord to help you to be like the wise men. So this may be a little bit uncomfortable. I acknowledge that. We're not used to doing these things as Catholics, but I'm going to invite you to pray with me. So bow your heads, close your eyes, and let us pray. Father, I thank you for the way you inspired the wise men to seek you. I praise you that they had the courage to leave their homes and to go to find Jesus. And that when they found him, they worshipped him. And they left their treasures and they were changed and they lived differently. And Father, I praise you for leading me to your son Jesus, inspiring me to desire him, to follow him. And I choose now to worship him, to follow him wherever he leads. I leave the treasures of my life at his feet to do with what he wills. I ask you, Jesus, to fill me with your life that I may follow you and be changed so that I may have true life in you. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the heart of God that every person know Jesus and follow him. This is why we do what we do as a parish. It's what he's doing now in this parish. The Wednesday before... Uh, Christmas, we had a penance service over at Christ the Good Shepherd, and we had between 1,000 and 1,500 people go to confession in those seven, seven and a half hours of 10 priests hearing confessions. It was beautiful to see. We had about 3,000 people at Christmas masses, again, people coming to see Jesus. 
Last Wednesday, or last year at Ash Wednesday, we also had about 3,000 people come. Even before Christmas, Father Will and some of, the, of our parishioners went and knocked on doors of some of our neighbors uh, here in the, this area and just invited them to pray and uh, to invited them to come to Mass. And this is why we have Alpha, so that people have a chance to encounter the Lord Jesus and to consider more fully what he's asking of them, what he's inviting them to. So I, I just want you to know that that's why we're doing the, the things we're doing. So that because of the heart of God, Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. So I invite you then to pray for those who do not know the Lord Jesus. Maybe those who have never heard the proclamation of the faith and had a chance to come and to worship him. Maybe there are those who you know who are Christians, but maybe lukewarm or they're not uh, living in the fullness of the Catholic faith. But pray for them. Pray that they may come to have fullness of life in Jesus. And then be ready to share this treasure when you have the opportunity. The Holy Spirit will lead you. If you don't feel like you're ready to share the treasure of our faith, we have things to help you. That's why we have Alpha. There's also things like Catechism in a Year. It's the most popular podcast of the new year. A Catholic Catechism podcast is the most popular of the new year. That's crazy, right? But that's the reality. People are searching. The Bible in a Year was the most popular last year. But why is this happening? It's the Holy Spirit working among us to fulfill this desire of the heart of God, that every nation on earth will adore you. It's what the Holy Spirit has done for us, and we praise him for it, and so that people may have life in the name of Jesus. God wants this to happen, and he will do it. If we as the Catholic Church don't do that, he will do it through other churches, but he wants us, who he has given the fullness of the faith, to do this, to fulfill this desire of the heart of God. So I invite us then to wake up and to cooperate with the Spirit to do this. This is the heart of God. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you.